Wildwood Community Church exists to glorify God by connecting people to Christ, His worship, His community, and His mission. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. Well, good morning. Hey, it's great for us to be together today. And as Bruce mentioned earlier, this is the third and final week of our season of celebration around our 50th anniversary as a church. And if you've been with us the last month, then you know that a couple of weeks ago, we kicked this thing off by looking back and stacking some stones of remembrance of things that we've seen the Lord do as a church over the last 50 years. And then last Sunday, we spent our time talking about the mission of the church, that ancient mission that Jesus gave his initial followers and that we kind of re-articulated in some modern language that ancient purpose. Well, today we're going to wrap up this series by talking about what lies ahead. We're going to be looking ahead to maybe what are some of the next steps, the next things that God has for us as a church family. So that's the plan for this morning. But before we we talk about that, I, I want to talk about museums. Now, how's that for a hard transition? right? Um, but, but here's the thing. Let's think about what a museum is. What is every museum you ever have been to, what does it have in common? It has in common that it has a past. It all looks back on something. It may look back on art. It may look back on history. It may look back on science. But it all looks back at the development of something or the collection of something. And it presents it in a way that you walk around. You might be inspired, but you see the past. Now, what's interesting as you look at all of those museums, it's important to notice something that every one of them has in common. The shape of their building may be different. Their location and the city where they are may be different. But every one of those museums has something in common. What is that? It's that they're all dead. None of them are alive. They're places with a past, but they're not places with a future. With that in mind, it serves as a stark contrast to the church that Jesus is building. Make no mistake, we are a place with a past. Our faith is rooted in history. God really does exist. He really has been around for all eternity. Jesus really was born in Bethlehem. He really did die on the cross. The tomb is really empty. There really is a history behind us. But here's the thing, friends, and don't ever forget it. We are not just a place with a past. But because of the grace of God, we're a place with a current situation and opportunity and a place with a glorious future. Now, mistakenly, sometimes people have thought of the church as kind of a museum or as a physical location that looks back merely on the past. And sometimes even that idea is pointed to back in Scripture. But when we look at what Jesus actually said, he, he never said that he was building an institution. He always talked about building a body. In this series, we've been looking at each Sunday, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, the second half. In that verse, Jesus is talking to his disciples and to Peter, and he says this. He says, on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
Now, when Jesus said this, and it's recorded and chronicled for us inside of our New Testament, it was actually in Greek. And the word that we see here translated church, the word that lay behind it, Jesus didn't say church. He said the Greek word ekklesia. Now, what is an ekklesia? Well, an ekklesia is a collection of people, a gathering a congregation of called-out ones. It never was used of a physical location. It was always used of a group of people, not something dead with only a past, but something alive in the present with a glorious future. Jesus didn't say, I am building an organization. He said, I am building a collection of people that are alive and with me. Now, sadly, 500 years ago, in the first translations of our English Bible, they they chose, instead of translating that word that we see there, church, instead of translating it congregation or gathering, they chose to translate it church, caving mostly to political pressure, because the word church actually wasn't a Greek word, it was a German word that meant the Lord's, and often was used of a location, the Lord's temple, the Lord's place. But Jesus never said, I'm going to build 1501 24th Avenue Northeast, the physical address here at Wildwood. He said, I'm going to build a congregation of people. I'm going to build a body that has a future that the gates of hell cannot take down. Because of that, friends, we have a present and we have a future, not just a past. And so as we celebrate our 50th anniversary, we, we don't just want to stack stones from the past. We don't want to just even look around in the present, but we want to look ahead to the future to think about where are some of the places that the Lord wants to take us. Now, as we talk about setting that up, it's important for us to remember where we've been over the last couple of weeks. Last week, we, we rolled out our new mission statement as a church. Again, an, an ancient statement and purpose given some contemporary words that goes like this. We are for following Jesus together to the glory of God. Now, in the middle of that statement is kind of a, a, a big phrase, following Jesus. When Jesus gave the great commission to his disciples, he said that they were to go and to teach people to obey all that he had commanded them. They were to go and to make followers of Jesus Christ. That mission continues today. And last week we talked about how that mission of following Christ is is an opportunity for us to grow our faith in God and our love for others. And that faith in God and love for others grows as we follow him in five different ways as a church. We follow him into the word so that we see more of who he is so that we could trust him more. We follow him more into worship as we adore him. We follow him into community as we live out our lives, spurring one another on to love and good deeds. We follow him into ministry, pouring out our lives in service to one another. We follow him on to mission, able to share the gospel with those who are lost here and around the world. Those are ways that God grows our faith in him and our love for others, all of that in a spirit and in a sense of dependence upon him. But inside of that statement where we're invited to follow Christ together, there also, it begins with this little phrase, we are for. And last week we referenced this, but we're gonna go into it more in depth today, that inside of Wildwood we talk about being for, four different spheres of influence. Four different opportunities we have as a church to invite others to follow Jesus with us. 
Those four fours, as we call them, go like this. We are for the church. Uh, A portion of our existence is that we are for encouraging one another to follow Jesus together. We are also not just for the church, though, but we're also for the community. We believe our location matters, that God has sovereignly placed us in this spot. We also are for the nations. We have the opportunity to see the gospel go through here and to the world. And we're for the next generation, having the privilege of passing on to the next generation the truth about Jesus Christ that has been passed along to us. These are four spheres of influence, four opportunities we have as a congregation. When we look at our future, these are four opportunities that we see where Jesus could work through us to his glory and honor as we invite them to follow him with us. So this morning, we're going to unpack each of those four fours as we see more of our purpose as a church and the future that lies ahead of us. So what is the first of those four fours? Well, the first four that we see is that we are for the church. We are for the church. Now, sadly, when many churches articulate their sense of mission and purpose, oftentimes they leave out the church. We articulate mission and purpose inside the church many times in terms of evangelism. We want people to come into a relationship with Christ. But sadly, as we articulate that incredibly important priority, as we'll see in the balance of our time today, but we cannot forget the purpose of the church. We are the called together ones. And as we gather together, we remind each other that Jesus does not want us just to make a decision to come to him, but he wants to disciple us. He, he doesn't just want us to be in heaven, but he wants to grow our experience of following him on this earth. He wants to mature us day by day by day. So as we gather as a church family, we gather in part so that we might follow Jesus together in a deeper way, so that we might grow in our dependence upon him, in our understanding of who he is, and in our love for others. Now, we see this idea anchored for us in in Scripture, and I want us to look at a couple of those verses. One of them is in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Paul is writing to his friends who were followers of Jesus in the city of Philippi, and he wants them to know that God is at work in their midst. He says this to them. He says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Paul says, hey, Citizens of Philippi who have trusted Christ, Jesus is so committed to your spiritual growth that he is going to develop and grow you through the work of the Holy Spirit throughout the days of your life as you depend on him. The same thing could be said of us. Jesus is so committed to us that he has shown up among us to spur us on to a deeper and deeper understanding of who he is and love for the people for whom he died. Not only do we see this in Paul's letter to the Philippians, but we also see it in Paul's letter to the Galatians. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19, Paul writes to the followers of Jesus in that city, and he says, My little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Now, what's Paul saying in that verse? Well, what what he's saying really is this. He says, I came to you at first as a missionary, And none of you had a relationship with Jesus at the outset. And Paul says, I went through some anguish so that you might trust Christ. 
I went through some persecution. I went through some hard times. I went through some sleepless nights so that you might come into a relationship with Jesus. But what Paul says in this verse is he says, and that anguish, that pain, that struggle is not done at the moment that you began your relationship with Christ, but it continues even now because I'm committed to you that you would grow in your experience of faith and trust in him and love for others. There was a second birth that was happening inside of those Corinthians as Christ was continually formed in their lives. Friends, the same thing is true for us. We can't look ahead to the the next several years as a church family and merely talk about new opportunities that are out there because I believe that God wants to do some significant things in here. In each of our hearts and lives, God wants to do something. By God's grace, he wants to take you further in the next decade than where you are right now. That your understanding of who he is would deepen so that you would worship him more and follow him in new ways and see victory in areas where you currently find struggle. Jesus wants to grow you, and he wants to grow me. It's part of the purpose as a church. This is why we have the activities that we have. If you ever wondered, well, why do, why do churches have, why does Wildwood at least, why do you do what you do? Why do you have groups on Sunday mornings and small groups in homes and TBI Bible Institute classes on Monday nights and women's Bible studies on Thursday morning and Thursday nights and Wednesday nights? And why, why do you have all these programs? Are you just have people that need something to do? I, I can promise you, all of us are busy. Everybody in this room, you, you feel busy. The person next to you feels busy. We're not just trying to fill calendars. But we have a belief that Jesus wants to grow us as we prioritize time and opportunity to look at who he is, come alongside other Christians and encourage them. Friends, this is what we've been called to in the next season, just as it was in the past before the church. That's not the only thing that we're for. We're also for the community. We're for the community. God has placed us in Norman, Oklahoma for a reason. We believe that. It's not an accident that we're here. Some of you may think that you're here by accident. We believe that there is a sovereign God and the places where we reside are not on accident, but they're on purpose. And God has placed us here for the opportunity for us to to serve him in this place. You know, sometimes we get so thinking about the future, so thinking about eternity, that we forget the opportunities that we have to follow Jesus right here around us. And we believe as a church family that part of the reason why God has us in Norman is so that we could be an influence for Christ right here in this city, right here in the greater Oklahoma City area and around the state. Now, I want to make something clear. We think about us being for the community. Uh, We are not for the community in the same way that the United Way is for the community or other civic organizations. We might have areas of commonality where we both line up in one particular project, but our interest is, is different than theirs. Our interest is for our community to follow Jesus. That's 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 our interest. Now, why? Is that because we're callous and we just want to fill our seats? No. It's because we believe, just as Larry shared earlier, that there is a foundational need that each of us has and that judgment in the future is real and the only hope of surviving that is in Christ. So we have the opportunity to reach out and show love and concern and care to those around us, but also to share and point them to Christ. 
It's the great privilege we have inside of our city. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 7 is a verse that reminds us of this. And this is a, a very interesting passage because in Jeremiah 29, the people of Israel are, are in exile. They're, they're in the nation of, of Babylon. And some people mistakenly were teaching that the Jewish people should not connect in any way to the city and where, where they currently were. They were to live lives of, iso- of isolation because they would soon be home again in Israel. But a prophecy comes through God that corrects that misunderstanding and says, no, you will be in that city not a little while. You'll be there the rest of your life. So seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Friends, that was true of the nation of Israel in that time, but it's, it's also true in our day. Our, our promises, our relationship with God is a little different than it was with Israel, but we also are waiting a future time of relief. We also are waiting for the time when Jesus comes back and we'll be with God in heaven forever, but right now we're here. We have the privilege of seeking the welfare of the city around us. Acts chapter 17 says it this way. It says, and and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, yet he is actually not far from each of us. See, we believe that God has placed us intentionally in this spot. Do you realize that you have a sphere of influence? I don't care if you're a middle school student, a high school student, a college student, working in the the workplace, helping to to raise a family, living alone, feeling like your time is done. Whoever you are in this room, if you hear my voice, you have a sphere of influence that God has placed around you. It's not by accident. That sphere of influence is an opportunity for you to point those around you towards Christ. And we as a congregation see those opportunities and we want to encourage you to point people towards Jesus in those settings number of different things we do as a church family, whether it's outreach in a local elementary school, mentoring kids or supporting teachers, whether it's the Mission Norman Christmas store and helping at-risk kids at Christmas time, whether it's the care portal, helping out those in the foster system or food and shelter for friends, sending letters to people who are imprisoned through our pen pals ministry, Grace Maternity Home, ministering to at-risk moms. There are a number of different opportunities that many of you are invested in inside of our community, helping to live this mission out. If you would like to find out more about any of those or any of our opportunities that we have in the city, go to our our website, wildwoodchurch.org, and go to the Serve Our Community section, and you'll find those opportunities listed there as well as a path for your involvement. But as we think about the next several months and years as a church family, we want to do more than just what we've been doing, but we want to provide a new opportunity for you to reach your sphere of influence for Christ. And so we've put together a new opportunity we want to share with you right now. What would it look like if you invited your neighbors, co-workers, and friends to a block party with the purpose of building intentional relationships? What if these intentional relationships allowed you to share the gospel and get people connected to the church? That's why we've launched High Neighbor Block Parties. In just a few easy steps, you can reserve Wildwood's one-of-a-kind trailer, outfitted to throw the best block party your neighbors have ever attended. With popcorn, yard games, music, and much more, we're giving you the tools to engage with people you already know 
as well as the ones you don't. The best part? It's completely free. We'll provide you with promotional materials and a gift card to help with food and supplies. Whether it's on your own or with a handful of friends, sign up to host a block party on your street, in your home, or at your neighborhood park today. All you need to do is sign up at wildwoodchurch.org slash block party. For more information, visit Connection Central in the Gathering Hall or text Block Party 1 to 95577. We just want to resource us as a church family to really reach the spheres of influence that Christ has has placed around us. Now, as we do that, I want to just clarify, that is not a remote-controlled trailer. Um, it looked like it was, but, but the trailer actually needs to be attached to a trailer hitch. But if you don't have a trailer hitch, we've got a church van that's got one. So we have thought through these things. We would love just to resource us as a church family to reach out into our neighborhoods and spheres of influence around town because we are for our community, following Jesus together to the glory of God. Now, we're for the church, we're for the community But another thing that we need to be reminded of is that we are for the nations. We're for the nations. And we're not for the nations in a way like Woodrow Wilson and the League of Nations. We're for the nations following Jesus together to the glory of God. We believe that we have a distinct privilege as a congregation to not just have this information to ourselves. It's far too great a thing to hang on to ourselves, but God has given us the opportunity to be able to share that message, not even just with those within shouting distance of this location, but to faraway places around the world, because the plan of God from the beginning has been that the gospel would go to the ends of the earth. One of the locations where we see that is in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 6. One of the servant songs is talking here about the ministry of the Messiah, and it says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Friends, if there was ever a group of people who would have thought that the message that God had given was just for them, it would have been the Israelites. After all, God had invited them out of Egypt. He had established them in the land that they took the promised land uh, back, you know, thousands of years ago. But before Jesus came, 700 years before, God clarified his purpose, and he said it's too small a thing for something so great as the Messiah to be kept within the bounds of geographic Israel. But this message must go to all the nations, and God's plan for it to get there is through us. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 talks about that. But when you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And friends, by the grace of God, we have had the privilege of seeing the gospel go through here into the ends of the earth over the last 50 years. As a matter of fact, we think about while we're being for the nations, we have opportunities right now as we partner with a couple of dozen missionaries and 13-plus locations around the country, around the world. We see where, where we are, places in, in North America and South America in Europe and in Asia and the Middle East. We have the privilege of seeing the gospel go to those locations. 
Most recently, we've, we've also had the opportunity to partner with a number of training institutions around the world that are training indigenous pastors in different areas to plant churches and to lead movements for Christ in faraway places. We now have partnerships with schools in Brazil and in Spain, in Malawi, Africa, in Russia, in India, and in Singapore. And in all of these locations, we have the privilege of inviting nations to follow Jesus together with us. But here's the thing. As we looked at this season and the opportunities God has given us as a church family, we wanted to do something more. Combining our interest in the church and the nations, we wanted to be a part of helping to plant a congregation somewhere in the world. And by God's grace and some divine appointments, we got connected to an opportunity in Brazil, in the town of Lagoa, San Francisco. My pronunciation, not theirs. Kevin, you can correct me later on. Um, But we have the opportunity in this little place in northeast Brazil to help see a movement for Christ started there. We got connected to that location, both through some connections that Kevin had in the nation of Brazil. Kevin is our director of global outreach, but also through some connections that we had with Compassion International. See, Compassion International, many, many of you are probably aware, if you're aware of Compassion International, just wave at me. It's an organization that does child sponsorships. What you may not know is that the, the delivery mechanism for the help that Compassion gives is always through the ministry of a local church. In the town of Piripiri, Brazil, there was a church that had effectively reached their community through both their church expression, but also the Compassion Center that was housed within that church. And the pastor of that church had a desire to plant another church in Lagoa, San Francisco. But in order for that church to happen, he needed some help. And by God's grace and the contributions that you have given to Wildwood, we were able to provide the funds to buy both their church building and the Compassion Center of that new church. Both are currently under construction and will open just after the first of the year so that we might develop a long-term connection with that community and with that congregation. But here's where it gets even more exciting. You may be familiar with Compassion. They have the child sponsorships as a part of that. Well, we're going to have the opportunity as a church to be able to provide the sponsorships for those 200 children, and we want to invite you to be a part of that, something that you'll find out more about in the spring of next year. But this morning, through the the amazing thing of technology, we're going to get to hear from the pastor's wife at that church in Lagoa, San Francisco, and see some of the work that's already begun in that city. So join me. Hello, um, this is Ichieli. I am a missionary here with my husband and my children in Lagoa, San Francisco. And uh, we want to uh, thank you, Wildwood Church, for being a, a support for us and helping us to accomplish all this work that we are doing here. We want to show you um, how the construction work is right now. We are in, right in the middle of the construction. And here we have uh, our temple where we are going to uh, hold our service. And right this side here, we have the children's center where we are going to attend every week 200 children and have, um, they will come for six hours during the week and we have a kitchen where we're going to make 
uh, good food for them and the classrooms and bathrooms. So we want to thank you for helping us to make this dream come true. Thank you so much and may God, God bless your lives. You are always in our prayers. Bye. Well, praise God for that. First of all, who here wants to be named Hishieli right now? That's just a wonderful name. Uh, but just the opportunity that we have in that city in order to be able to be for that nation following Jesus. Very specific application as a church. Again, March the 10th, 2019, about six months from now, will be the opportunity where we will be able to begin sponsoring a number of those kids. We'll have a compassionate experience here around the building that day. And so just kind of mark that on your calendar. We'll be reminding you as we get closer but just some exciting opportunities ahead for us as a church as we are for the nations following Jesus. Now, a fourth sphere of influence that I want to reference, though, is that we are also for the next generation. We're for the next generation following Jesus together to the glory of God. Um, and we, we see this anchored in just the opportunity we have of passing on the truth that was entrusted to us. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, the Apostle Paul says, In what you heard from me, Timothy, in the presence of many witnesses, entrust a faithful man who will be able to teach others also. It's a picture of a relay race where a baton was handed from Paul to Timothy, and the intention was that Timothy would take that baton and pass it on to the next generation. In the same way, we have the opportunity as a church family to take the truth that was passed on to us over these thousands of years and pass it on to the next generation. Friends, the hope for the next generation, the hope for our country is not found in just our good intentions, but it's found in the grace of God demonstrated through the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm so excited for us as a church family to be invested in this kind of a ministry because it, it really has the opportunity to change a generation. And we get to do that together by the grace of God. Not only do we see that, but in Psalm 145, we get reminded that one generation shall commend your works, God, to another and shall declare your mighty acts. We have a, the privilege of commending to another generation the works of our Lord, both the works in the past that are recorded in Scripture as well as the testimonies of what we hear. And friends, this is what we do around Wildwood. We're blessed as a church to have so many young people that are here on Sundays, are here on Wednesdays, are here on Thursdays, are here as a part of special events. And when they're here, make no mistake, we point them to Jesus. I think about what happens inside of our, our children's ministry where we have Sunday morning, hundreds of kids, Wednesday night with our Awana ministry, Thursday morning during women's Bible study and the children's program that happens, our vacation Bible school in the summertime, camp in the city, and so many other things. And those are all ministries that so many of you are so deeply invested in. And you know if you're invested in those ministries, you know that the, the heart and the desire of those ministries is not just to have some programs or to entertain the kids while we're in here, but it's really to help connect those kids to Christ. And we see fruit of that and kids profess their faith through water baptism and are now leaders inside of our church family. Not just in our children's ministry, but also in our student ministry as well. We think about our shift middle school ministry, something that's near and dear to me now because I've got a sixth grader inside of our, our shift middle school ministry. But just in the hour before that, and a number of those middle school students are scattered around the room right now. They were gathered downstairs 
as a part of our, our shift middle school ministry. And inside of that, they're not just down there to play ping pong or to eat donuts. So they do both of those. But they're also down there inviting each other together to follow Jesus. And it doesn't stop just with the, the hundreds of middle schoolers we have connected, but also with our high school ministry, the Avenue. It gathers on Sundays and small groups on Wednesday night and D-Now and camp and mission trips following Jesus to the glory of God. And not even just what happens with our high school students, but what happens with our university students, our college life ministry. When we get done here, we're going to invite college students to go downstairs and have lunch with us in the fellowship center. And, And our intention, our desire is not just to have a meal, but it's to help find the bread of life that we would follow him and trust him and find our nourishment off of him in the life ahead of us. Friends, as a church, we are, we are honored to be able to pass along the baton of truth to the next generation. It's a part of who we are. It's part of the opportunity that God has given to us. But here's the thing. We're not done. We're not done. It's not like we go, hey, this is great. We, we're really excited about what What's happened in the past, and we're just going to sit around and tell stories about the past. Remember, we're not just a museum, but we're a living body. And so we believe there are new opportunities that God gives us as it relates to our next generation ministry. And our children's ministry team is focused on birth through 11 years old, really investing heavy there. But also we have a student ministry team for middle school, high school, and college that are coming together and dreaming about the opportunities that God has. And we're excited to be adding a new high school minister very, very soon. We'll, we'll let you know very soon the identity of this individual, but we're excited for the opportunities that God is giving us to continue to pour into the next generation together. Well, friends, we are blessed and honored that we have the opportunity to follow Jesus together to the glory of God. As we conclude our our service today, and as we conclude this this series in time of celebration, I want us to conclude by singing a song together. It's a song that many of you probably don't know, but hopefully you'll, you'll get the hang of it as we go along today. It's a song called, O Church Arise. And it's a song that reminds us of the opportunity we have as a church family to follow Jesus together. And the song really ends, the last verse of the song is this, this beautiful prayer that invites the Spirit to come and to give us strength to cross every hurdle that we might hear a reward from heaven one day as we stand before our Heavenly Father and hear good and well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm going to pray for us, and after I pray, I invite the church to arise and for us to sing together. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us to follow you. Thank you that you have invited us by your grace to be connected to you forever. Thank you that you've made a commitment to us to grow, mature, and develop us. You've given us privilege and opportunity to have an impact in our community and among the nations. That You've allowed us with something so important as passing on to the next generation, faith in Jesus. Father, we we thank you for all of that, and we we pray now that, that you would help us to just maintain our sense of dependence upon you, that you would receive the glory and the honor and that you would use us in the next 50 years according to your plans. We thank you and we pray these things in Jesus' name.